TV. As you all know, COVID-19 numbers have increased tremendously. Today, we have a special guest. We have a Dr. Mark White, who is uh, with Gateway Health and Awareness Center. Dr. Mark White, welcome to Delmar TV. Good evening, and thank you for having me on this evening. Uh, it's a pleasure. Dr. White, as you know, the numbers of COVID-19 have increased tremendously recently. Now, if I have a family member who has been tested positive, do I need to go and test myself? Yes, well, in, in the event that you're living in close quarters with that with the family member in the same household, um, with, with the way that this virus has been spread and the, um, all of the questions surrounding uh, there's a disproportionate of minorities that have been positive, I think it would be a good idea for you to, to get tested and to find out where you are in the process. Um, uh, typically, if, if you're in contact with a person who's positive for a certain length of time, then your probability of you being uh, contracting the virus goes up considerably. And so, in that case, I would, um, I would get tested. I would definitely get tested. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think in some cases, um, I don't know if I would run out right immediately and get tested. I would probably um, uh, make sure the person is quarantined, isolated. Um, I would wear the mask, I would try to keep the six feet of uh, social distancing, wash my hands, all of those things that we've talked about uh, in, the, in our communities. Um, and I would kind of watch for symptoms. But I do think at a certain point along the way, along the time, I would go and get tested. But I would be real conscious about if I have any symptoms, such as a sore throat, uh, shortness of breath, a cough, uh, aches and pains. So I would know that um, if I'm getting tested, that I'm just checking to make sure that I, I'm not positive yet. Because if I get tested today and I am in contact with a person who's positive, I might not, it might not show up that soon. And so that test only means that I'm not positive at that point in time. So I don't want to take, if I do get tested, I want to take that in the right context and understand that for that, for, for this time and for right now, I'm not to COVID-19 result. Dr. White, can someone have symptoms after 14 days being positive symptoms? Yes, um, it's very important that um, one of the things that we want our communities to do um, is to 
do all the, the social distancing, make sure we're wearing the mask, make sure we're washing our hands. And even in the, in the, in the most um, perfect situations where we're doing all of the things that are recommended and suggested, a person can um, go past the 14 days. Um, and so, again, if we're, if we're tested positive at the end of that 14 days, especially if you're still showing signs of this COVID-19, any of the obvious signs, if you're feeling tired, if you're still uh, with a cough and your throat is sore, definitely um, I would I would retest at that time, and if I'm still showing signs, I would continue to quarantine, isolate myself until I'm symptom free, and I would I, I would continue with the same process until I until there were no more symptoms, and so that would mean for me to go another two weeks in uh, quarantine isolation until those symptoms are gone until I until I have at least three days of no fever no shortness of breath no cough no muscle aches and pains and then at that point I would I would also get retested I would get retested to make sure that I'm, I'm negative um, and some people uh, there are some thoughts that within a 24-hour period, you should get tested again, so you would have two negatives. And, um, and then also consider, after discussing with your physician, getting the antibody test to confirm that you have mounted a, an immune response uh, sufficient for that virus. Now, at the, at the beginning stage of this pandemic, the test was taking a certain amount of time. How fast the results comes back to for someone's results? So you're 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 one hundred percent right. It was very um, it was very frustrating for um, I believe for providers and also for uh, uh, patients that were having symptoms. Because there, the, the test, the time to get the test back, in some cases, was anywhere from six to ten days. People were just waiting and waiting and waiting. And, of course, that presented a problem because a person wasn't 100% sure whether they had flu symptoms or whether they actually had COVID-19. And so um, I believe that... Um, once a person understands that they're positive for COVID-19, then they're going to isolate, quarantine themselves very aggressively, as opposed to not really understanding or knowing if I'm positive. I may not be as aggressive um, in my uh, mask wearing, uh, social distancing, washing hands, wiping off surfaces, um, and those kinds of things. So I think that, um, you know, the, the, temp, the delay between uh, the test 
uh, was causing a, a bit of frustration on all ends. And I think, I think even now with um, the city opening, what the results that we're seeing today are from uh, depending on where a person was tested. Um, in general, I would say that the, the results that we that we're seeing today are from probably four to five days ago. So it's it's not those the, the results that we see are not um, uh, live tr uh, true today results. Those results are from patients that um, were tested four or five days ago. So we have to kind of take that. When we say there's a, if they, if they, if we get results and they say um, 450 people died today of COVID-19, a lot of us think that within the last 24 hours, those people were, um, th those were documented cases of people that were affected in the last 24 hours, when in fact, those results are coming from perhaps four to five to six days ago. So, it, it, so you've got to kind of take that, that delay. I think that's a really good question. You have to take that delay and the test results into consideration when you're listening to people talk about what's happened in the last 24 hours, say. Now, most of the children are indoors and if they indoor, stay indoors most of the time is their immune system is not going to stay the same and if, for instance if i have children at home and i to become a positive I'm, there's a good chance that my am my I, I uh, uh, my kids become positive so the, my question to you is there's a, been a a new phenomena where the kids might develop some sort of a rash or itching within the covid-19 can you talk about that Yeah, so um, one of the things that we, um, one of the things that was noticed um, and recognized in children um, was that they develop a syndrome, it's called Kawasaki's disease. And uh, in that disease, you see a very characteristic rash that comes along with that. And so um, what we were seeing was kids that were positive for COVID-19 were demonstrating classic Kawasaki's type symptoms. And with that Kawasaki's disease, there's a very characteristic rash. And so in, in some communities, and, when, and at that point, the child would be in the hospital. And so that was a, a clear clear indication that the that the child was COVID-19 positive and they were displaying symptoms, signs and symptoms at that point of the disease. And so um and so if you if you have a child and the and the child were was to develop symptoms such as shortness of breath, um fever, that's a big one, and started having a rash, then off to the hospital that you want to have that your child 
to the hospital and treated um, in the hospital setting as opposed to outpatient. Now, there's a, I think there's a new, a new way of uh, finding out, the, it's called contact tracing. Can you give us more details exactly what the term contact tracing is? Yes, um, and that's that's something that um, uh, health officials are doing, health departments are doing across the country now. And with, with and you're going to hear more and more about this contact tracing. And so I think that, um, of course, when we have knowledge about what's going on. We, we feel better about the situation. Well, contact tracing, in, in a situation where you have contact tracing, if, if a person is reported to be positive for COVID-19 to the health department, then the health department investigator, they call them um, staff investigators, they would contact you and they would um, uh, and they would ask you questions about um, where you've been the last few days, what people you've been in contact with, um, uh, all of the things that you've done, kind of trace back over your uh, contacts and places you've been, the people you've been in contact with, the. The, the value, there's, there's a couple of things with that. That people shouldn't feel intimidated um, or that they're being interrogated or that they've done something wrong or that they're going to be penalized or anything. I think um, that's a really big thing that, that, I, that I want to say in terms of this contact tracing because we don't want people to be afraid to tell I went to the barbershop, I went to the, I went over to some friends' homes, I did, you know, these, these things, and holding back the information that could potentially save a person's life. So getting back to, so what, what that does is the, 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 the investigator would ask you where you've been, uh, you know, who you've been in contact with, and, and, and get a lot of information about what you've done over the last two to three days. They then would also educate you in detail about what you need to do to protect yourself and keep yourself healthy. The third thing that happens in contact tracing, they would then go to the to the people that you've been in contact with. They would not go and say, um, we talked to Dr. White today, and he said that he came to your barbershop, and he said that he uh, did that. In other words, names would not be given. Your name would not be given in the conversation. The conversation would go something like this. You, if you have been, uh, it's been reported, a person that was uh, that was uh, diagnosed with COVID-19, uh, they're COVID-19 positive, and they gave your name as a person that they came in contact with. And then they would, uh, uh, the, the investigator would then give you information about the things that you should do. 
such as um, wearing the mask, uh, washing of the hands, um, social distancing, and in a lot of cases, you know, this whole COVID-19 thing changes from one day uh, to another, from one state to another. Um, but some states and, and, and the, um, the jury's not out on exactly what Ohio is doing, but in some, in some cases, if you've been in contact with somebody who's COVID-19 positive, you would be asked to uh, quarantine or go, or be it not quarantine, but be stay at home for two weeks, wear a mask, social distancing with the people in the home, and wash your hands and do all of the things that have been recommended. So that, and you would be given all the signs and symptoms from the investigator. So that if for some reason you do develop this COVID nineteen, you'll know you would have been you would have been educated thoroughly about what to do. You've already started taking precautions uh, in terms of uh, all the things that will prevent spread, and so you can see by if this contact tracing is done in detail where you can sort of have control of this disease. Because now we can, we can, anybody that is positive, we can now back ourselves into who needs to really be aware of what they're doing and aware that they've been in contact with someone who actually has been positive. And so that person, again, I believe would take extra precaution and their points about and what they're doing and who they're, you know, they're, they're whole following the, the guideline kind of thing. And so the contact tracing, if done in, in detail, will, will be another measure of how we can offset people becoming positive uh, with the virus. In closing, Dr. White, what advice or recommendation do you have for our viewers? I think that um, over the last couple of days, as the city has opened and people are starting to, to do, getting, get back to their normal, uh, trying to get back to their normal routines, um, I think that we all really need to understand that the, the, the coronavirus is here and they're and, 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 and you can contract this virus still. Uh, the fact that uh, the city's been open, people are, are going back to the things that they were doing. It all, it don't, we can't forget that we've got to really wear the mask. Everybody should have a mask on. Everybody should be practicing social distancing as best they can. They should be washing hands. Um, and, 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 you know, and also, you know, talking to other people about it, I mean, and helping other people to understand that, you know, we got this is something that we have to do as a community, as a city, as a state, if we're going to, if we're going to be healthy and we're going to survive this, this virus, we're, we're going to have to do these things. Because it's been shown that 
the mask, the social distancing, the washing of the hands, all of those things have worked. They've gotten us to this point. And so so now that we're we're at this point, we can't we can't um we can't stop doing the things that have worked. And so I so I'm so my prayer is that we that we that we take those things serious and we and we do them. Dr. Mike, Dr. Mark White is uh, he's at the Gateway Health and Awareness Center. Dr. White, we are greatly we appreciate your quality time. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. That will be all for today's debate. Thank you very much. Hopefully, we'll have another time.